Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 134 for May 30th, 2018. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. I was trying to do like the better in your head. I was trying to do the wah thing, but I don't have a mute, so. Right. Uh, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Mike Jeffcoat, Jim Bashirs, Brad Dudenhofer, Paul Jackman, uh, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, and John Made It. Nice. What uh, what are we working on? Let's go. Uh, what what is that? San Fran. What do you what hat are you wearing there? San Fran. Yes. What's uh, what's cooking, brother? What are you working on? Um, I am working on a commission guitar. Ooh, get out of here. No, I can't I'm not kidding. the first time hearing about it. Tell me. That's right. Now, uh, somebody that was here at Maker Fair commissioned uh, an acoustic for a present for somebody. So that's so what I am working on. Name all the names right now, I think. I, what could possibly go wrong? Just start saying names and dates. He is just kidding. I'm not sure why you would want to sabotage me so soon in the in the podcast because I'm trying to be professional and tell you what's going on. And um, okay, I can't keep going. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying. Uh, I put out a video. Uh, that was fun. You know, I, I, video. I saw that video. Watch that. And, and Phil's thinking about it. Um, and it was it was a, you did a really good job of uh, it was like a like a tutorial more yeah, than just like just, a inspirational thing and so you really did a really good job of explaining what you're doing um I, I i've that, got a couple in mind for a series yeah. i want to do in that so like this next guitar i'm going to show how i do the uh making the marks where the frets would be it's a it's a fretless slide guitar but i have a way that i i uh burn the wood like wood burning mm-hmm. to make the fret marks and uh i thought i'd kind of show how i do that so that that this is kind of fun because it keeps me uh, uh gives me something to video and it's something that I'm very passionate about. So I'm, yeah, I'm I, happy with that. I see that there are a lot of guys that that make YouTube videos that do that too, where they take a project and they break it out into like 30 videos and they and they really go into deep dives of everything they're doing. And I've never really done that, and uh, but it seems to be something that people are interested in. So I've been kind of thinking about with that myself a little bit. I, 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 I'm thinking 30 might be a bit much. Oh, yeah. I'm no, thinking no, 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 uh, yeah. just touching on because what happens is, is this is what's weird for me is I'm actually getting questions from people. Hey, Bill, about guitar building, blar. And I'm like, mm. really? Because I don't know what I'm doing at all. So I thought it maybe it'd be best just to kind of show how I do it. Because it may or may not be right, but it seems to right. be working out. Well, that's, that's uh, you know, I, I have a video. It's in the can. I haven't posted it yet of, because I had so many people asking me about the wiring aspect of, of guitars because I always just sort of just show one shot of the soldering iron and then I move on. Right. And so I did a, I did make it. It's like 20 minutes long where I just go through like the everything I know about soldering, which is very little. It's only 20 minutes worth. But, um, you know, and, and like why I'm using this and how to, you know. That would so, be your best video of all time. Watch. You, th- you think so? No, I think that's going to be terrible. Like, yeah, I think so. Too. 20 minutes of soldering? No. I, I think. It's technical. Like let's, people so- look out for, for years and years. Remember and years. what we did for Phil when he had a 20-minute video on how to screw a piece of wood together? Hey, <laughs> there was glue involved. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> so, okay, Tim, on do you solder like the uh, the little transistor or the resistors to the pots? What? Yeah, see, that's what I thought. So, if you're not doing that, if you're not even getting that detail, which is nothing, twenty minutes is a long time for soldering. What you mean, the capacitor? No. Whatever it is to get the tone, you take a volume yeah, it's pot. A, it's a capacitor, and you put a capacitor or whatever, yeah. right? That's why I was. That's why I was questioning because you're saying, but it's, so are you, are you doing that too? Yeah, yeah. I show every step of the way to wire a single pickup guitar. Okay, so you make your own tone pot and yeah, yeah. You buy oh. a capacitor and you well, you yeah. What do you think I'm doing? Okay, we're, we're, no, we're dude. We're up to about eight minutes now. What do you now. think I'm doing over what here? What else? Yeah. What else are you doing? Are I'm you winding your Shielding. Are you winding your own? Uh... <laughs> I, talk, I talk about you know I talk about the shielding of it. I talk about like flux, and I talk about the different types of solder you can use. I talk about all that stuff, you know. And wow, that's just what the, what, what five hundred like the two fifty versus five hundred k pots, and why would you choose? one Plus, or the other? I just want you to remember that there are a lot of people that we know and love in this community who way are more so smart. They know way more about soldering. Mm. Why are we prejudging this video that no one has seen yet? <laughs> can we crap all over it after he releases yeah. it? Yeah, you can crap all over it before too. Well, no, you guys interrupted sure what I was doing this form. week, so I'm you know I'm just bantering. Seems like bad form to. Oh, I'm sorry. To... Please, please continue. No, I was done. Oh, Ugh. how about Tim, that? What are you up to? Uh, I don't really feel like telling you. <laughs> well, it ain't gonna be no sorry video, right? <laughs> Um, I, I am working among other things. I'm working on a commission guitar. <laughs> Is there an echo in here? Uh, well, a bass, a bass actually, but, um, and I'm working on, I need to start a, um, I don't, I don't think I'm going to film it. It's a, a credenza. Um, it's going to be a plywood construction box and then the doors are going to be uh reclaimed wood, like a Chevron pattern. Um, yeah. very, you know, Pinteresty type thing. Someone sent a picture in type thing. Um, nice. so I'm working on that, which is, uh, do by the end of June. So I gotta I gotta start that eventually, I guess. I got a guitar. I got a couple other guitars I'm working on. And uh yeah, it's just kinda you know, making some buttons for a guy. Um sustain music. The people I do some stuff with they're like a like a green music collaborator that wanted to make some wooden reclaimed wood buttons hand out. Just a bunch of little things like that, you know? Cool. Yeah. How about Very you? Cool. Uh, I have some Etsy stuff that I've got to do, and I still I'm taking the day off work tomorrow, and I'm putting up my fence. So uh, mm. here's what happened last week on the fence update. <laughs> That's right. Keep us every, posted. What's going on? Every single hole had concrete in it. Yeah. So what I did was uh, actually one of my neighbors, who I'm very close with, uh, he said, "You're an idiot. What are you doing?" Uh, and he got me the telephone number for a guy that all he does is dig holes for fences, and he's got, like, an auger, like a hardcore auger. Mm -hmm. And the guy came, and in 20 minutes, all the concrete was out, all nine holes were dug, and it was 200 bucks. Yeah. So, you know, cheap is expensive, expensive is cheap. I'm pretty sure I tore a muscle in my back. I'm still in pain from two holes. So... That was that was money very well spent, and I'll still be well, well, well into big savings uh, from doing this fence myself. So, um, out of curiosity, when you were asking about the jackhammer, was that because of all the concrete? Yeah, and I, I did. I rented a jackhammer, and it helped me with the two holes. But like, yeah, that's a like lot of work. Of concrete. That's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah, you figure there's at least a, at least a bag. In two. Each hole. There's two two, two bags in each 60 hole. Sixty pound bags. Yeah, 120 pounds. Yeah, but that's only when that's when it's dry. 
Yeah. Right? So when it's wet, it's easily like two, three hundred pounds. Mm. I'm pretty sure the concrete that you had to dig out was dry, though. Mm. Well, it was, obviously. Yeah. So it doesn't really work that way, but. (laughs) When you add water to it, it activates, right? And then then the water dries. (laughs) <laughs> evaporates you shit anyways so uh anyways so that that's where i'm at but i did rent the jackhammer and i did get to play with it. that was a lot of fun i'll be honest with you that was a lot of fun yeah breaking up all the but i've never done that yeah i bet it was yeah it was cool actually what it was was it wasn't like the ones you're thinking of where you like hold it and it's like a t-shaped kind of thing and it goes mm. down what it was was basically a big impact drill to mill oh yeah like the size it's, of a tiger saw or like a yeah but yeah but like three or four times bigger than that. And then mm. you just sort of get, you really can get into the hole with it because you've got like a two-hand grip on it. Yeah, it kind of looks like a, like a sawzall. Mm. But it was, that part was fun. Uh, the digging out the concrete was not. But this auger was like, this is all he does. I was like, so what else do you do? Like I was thinking maybe this guy was pretty cheap. I was like, let him put up the rest of the fence, you know, for a couple hundred bucks. He goes, no, this is all I do. I dig holes. So does he have a truck-mounted auger or? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a bobcat. A, it's on like a bobcat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the the like fence guys have bobcat. one of those, the, yeah. you know, the, cause my neighbor, my shop neighbors are a fence company right. and they have all these like, it's like a little skid steer that you stand on the back, almost like one of those lawnmowers that, you know, that people stand on and drive around like the commercial yeah. lawnmower, but it has, yeah, he has all these different attacks, like a bucket he can put on the front or an auger. This is all he has is an auger and mm-hmm. he just does all, this guy does like, say 200 bucks. He said he does like six to eight jobs a day. Oh my God. Cash. He's, I don't know, this is all he does, and he's like booked, and like he was, was kind of like I had to call him that morning. I was like, "Are you available at two? He was like, "Yes." Like, wow. It's like so you did four jobs before you got here. You're gonna do another three after. I was like, "This is a nice little day for you." What? How, how long was he there? How long did it take him to do them? Half an hour to do. It's all only took him a half hour to drill them all. Concrete and all. He just plowed right through the concrete and. Yeah, because what happens is, is like. Obviously, there's a hole. The auger. Because of where the, yeah, the the auger just goes in and then just busts the concrete out. Yeah. And then as the auger's turning, it pulls the concrete out. Like, I don't need him to pull out the whole, all the concrete. I just need him to make Enough. a foot and a half wide hole. And, and yeah. you know, that's it. So yeah. I had somebody write me in actually about the foam that I'm going to be using, that two-part resin foam. Yeah. And, yeah. and they wrote me and they said, it's, it's horrible. Don't use it. But I already have it. So. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I want you to use it just because I've never heard of such a thing. I think this yeah. is. Uh, I want you to film. Maybe. It. Yeah. Yeah. I might. I might do that. I think you should. Seriously. Because you know, well, I mean, I want to know what kind of soldering iron you use to open the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I want all the well, details. Well, what I did is I use a constant heat. I don't worry about wattage. Uh, the quality soldering iron is going to be a constant heat. Mm. Um, you know, so those. It's a, it's a workstation. You know, it's going to be like. Have Jake do all the filming. That would be He's awesome. School tomorrow. That's why I can do this. Oh. But Jake had his soccer game tonight, so he scored a goal. So it yeah, was victory. Nice. High fives Me. all the way. Around. Yeah. I'm, was it? I'm, was it like a s- guys? I'm coaching his team. So no, he didn't say that. No, yeah. you haven't told Mondays us. Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm Coach Phil. I've got 15 five-year-olds. Coach Phil, Coach Phil, Coach Phil. It's pretty. How funny. many? It's... How many tears in the course of the day? How many kids cry? Usually, there's at least only, only two. two? Today. And I just like look over and I'm like, "What are you doing? Why, why are you crying?" <laughs> Go find your mother. That's not what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here to teach you how to be a killer. <laughs> you know, soccer is basically hockey without a stick. 
you're you're kind of right about that. But uh, in yep. September, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna be coaching his hockey team. So I'm I'm graduating from there. Are you gonna be okay if he decides he doesn't like hockey anymore and he just wants to play soccer? Uh, sure. But there's no soccer in the winter, so. But what, what if he just doesn't want to play hockey? Oh, he loves hockey. He was, he's got one. Maybe more... he loves you, and that's what he wants you to believe. No, 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 no. He hated skating, but he loves hockey. Okay. Like it was a chore to take him to skating. Oh my god, I don't want to go to skating. <laughs> and this time he's like, I love hockey. I want to go. So that's how you can tell. <laughs> yeah, his voice goes up an octave. Yeah, and and he doesn't cry. And also the lack of the tears. Yes, yeah, that's true. That's that's always a good sign. The, the really, yeah. it's just so like how come when my voice gets high and I'm crying, you two just laugh? Well, because you're a grown man. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's funny as That's hell. How that oh. goes. <laughs> anyway. oh, you know, there's some things people should works. tell you. There's there's some things people should tell you along the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> what are some of those things? Or should we tell you? Is that weird? What are you implying? Not you. I'm not blaming you two specifically but i'm just saying as oh, 50 years have gone by and people say don't cry like a little kid when you're 50 that would have been good information fair enough i mean you can in private you know well hey, before, I, I thought go ahead I'm, well i'm trying to get off this topic Let's do this. <laughs> before, but, but before we jump into the topic um i wanted to talk about next week's topic because there's a good chance that everybody's yeah, about to idea. tune out here since we're going to this man crying yeah, thing so um, yeah. Next week, we decide we, it's been a while. It's been over a year, I think, since we've done a Q&A. Yeah. So um, yeah. If, if you haven't turned the podcast off yet and you have any questions for us, uh, you can send them directly to Phil or to Bill or to me or just info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Um, you could also uh, tweet them at us at reclaimedaudiopodcast. Or, and become um, a patron yeah. and do it on the just Patreon page as well. On the Patreon. Or, um, you know, or if you have our personal – if you have our personal contacts, you know, Facebook, whatever, you can also do it there. But so next week's episode is nothing but listener questions, and we're going to answer them. Yeah. And this and ought to be good because we, we get enough during the week. I mean, uh, I feel like we get at least a couple, two, three questions a week that we, you know, just answered like somebody, uh, the last one. Yeah, was, just sort of uh, randomly answer them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this ought to be fun to do it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So now, now and don't be afraid to be controversial. Well, no, not too controversial. Okay, no, absolutely, of course, we want you to be controversial. Um, yeah, I want it to be as controversial as possible. <laughs> um, this week's topic. Who wants to try and explain this? Well, uh, the miasma of all of our voices talking at the same time, I think, is a good way to introduce too many cooks. You know, which basically right. Is a, yeah. <laughs> we just said that was awesome. Without meaning to. Yeah. 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 yeah, that worked out well. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, too many cooks. So obviously that is just the beginning of the expression, too many cooks in the kitchen. And I think, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen spoils the stew. Yep. So basically too many people working on a project ultimately ruins it. And I think, well, we kind of sort of had like a little pre-discussion in the pre-show about how ultimately one person's single vision for a project or whatever ultimately lands up being better than a committee's watered down version of trying to make everybody happy. Um, so I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Good, talk. Good job. Good Pretty much. Good yeah, I can't believe how well you summed that up. Well, you listen, I've been doing this for 134 episodes. So. You uh, might want to try summing things up at the end of the pot. I'm just throwing that out there. What are you, some kind of an expert? Is that your house that's on fire, Bill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Why do you say that with a hopeful look in your eye? <laughs> I, just, I don't know. We're near the end of the podcast already, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was um, that was very well said. So now I don't know where to where to take it from there. But that's well, I mean, you know, but do you think that's true though? Because you know, a it's lot debatable. Of the we we have we have um, a lot of really cool collaborations, right? So, for example, the one the one that I love the best recently that came that I've watched was um, uh, Samurai Carpenter and Alex Steele did this really really cool chisel where Alex Steele did the chisel portion of it, and then pardon me, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesse did Samurai. the uh, did the handle, and it was all like intricately carved, and then you see the whole thing all together with some like leather wrap and carving and. It just was an incredible, incredible project because now, each person contributed something totally outside. Right. I also think that's not quite what we're talking about as far as too many cooks in the kitchen because a collab, I think, is somewhat different than having – like if they were to trying to do that at the same time in the same shop together, would that kind of chemistry – come out because the way they did it they separated i'm going to do this the metal part i'm going to do the wood part and there's kind of no interruption there but if you're standing there next to somebody as they're starting to do something are you are you oftentimes ready to give uh an unwanted advice you know yeah maybe like maybe if they were in the same workshop even if they were working on different parts <clears throat> of it they could sort of critique it like too much and be like oh well maybe you should make it a little shorter or whatever and so that kind of thing so maybe it's the it's the access to each other, even if they were going to be working on different tools, like maybe if they were still going to be doing the metalwork and the woodwork separate, but if they were in the same room and they could sort of over the shoulder kind do it, then then yeah, I, I agree with you. It's yeah, too, I think it's so. Too much of an opportunity to critique. Mm, yeah, I, I I I always say like I work alone for a reason because <laughs> I can't Nobody play nice you. with others, you know, right, right. and the body odor. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but yeah, like the I, smell. Yeah. I you know it's because. I don't think, and it's it's not disrespectful to anybody else. Everybody else is probably better at everything than I am, but they're not doing it the way I want it done, you know. And it's like difficult to, to like I have the utmost respect for people who are bosses and managers that have staffs of people that they have doing their things to, to sort of let go. It's like you know, fly a little butterfly and take my vision and my idea, and you do your part. I want that. I have control issues with it. I want complete control over every step of it, and and it's. Not necessarily 100% true that, that – I mean, I, I believe that, that committee equals you know con, or consensus or compromises two great ideas that are watered down to one mediocre idea. And I say that all the time. It's not necessarily always true though because there are times where it's like those two great ideas actually create one greater idea. Mm-hmm. But that's when like the – you just talked about the example you gave. It's like two people from different aspects, like from different like lines of work, metal guy and a wood guy or like an electronics guy and a – and a you know a pewter guy you know get together and they take their expertise because the very cause, specific guy <laughs> yeah well, you know the guy the pewter guy <laughs> you know they take their expertise and they merge them and they, and they create because it's like they couldn't do right. necessarily all of it on their own but you get two guys that have similar like like Bill and I together in the shop I imagine we would just just get in each other's way you know I mean because we're too similar like maybe well like I said collab is a little bit different you've got it, it, having a collab and you know these guys did this. On two different continents, right? I mean, yeah, literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's like there's, it's, it's totally different than trying to be in the same shop. Even if I have no idea how to solder up a guitar, if you're, if I'm standing there watching you do it, I'd be like, wouldn't that be better if uh, you held that at this angle? And you know what I mean? Everybody's always got that. 
<laughs> Everybody's always got that unwanted advice because you, oh, yeah. you think that you have experience in something else that can apply. And it doesn't always apply. It, but you know what it is also? It's, it's wanting to be a part of something great. And, and you feel like as if you give this tiny little piece of advice that you are part of it. And, and it's, it's not a negative aspect of, of – of, No, it's not negative, it's but it often turns into it. Yeah, you just want to be a part of it. I'll mm. tell you the, the dirtiest word that is said at my office. Get ready for this, okay? Yeah. It's brainstorming. Uh. Okay? People say it in the guise of like, you know what? We're just going to get the best ideas out of this. But really what you're getting is like this muddy, um, compromised, washed-down version of somebody's strong vision. And and I think the – because, Tim, you brought up the point of having teams and like delegating and letting people sort of fly on their own. I think – it's it's those are two separate things obviously it's one mm-hmm. one is is delegation and trusting your team members to be able to carry out your vision uh versus uh you know just having like this like a committee washing away your your vision into something else because they're they're something like you know uh let's say they're colleagues at the same level of you, as you right so i have this experience where i've got a team and and i'll be like okay we're going to do it like this go and you do sort of have to let them do their thing and, and, and be an Adele and be like, okay, well, they did it a little different. Ultimately, does it really matter? No. Fine. And if it ever really does matter, like they put the wrong year on the title of the catalog, then I can step in and be like, okay, guys, uh, let's pay yeah. attention here. <laughs> but when I work with colleagues and we have these disgusting, disgusting brainstorming meetings where, uh, you know, where everyone's sort of jockeying for uh, best position on this this idea and I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's reset, you know, Julia's, you know, original vision for this was the one we're going to go with. Does anybody have anything, you know, a reason why we can't do it, logistical, technological, for whatever? No? Okay, that's what we're going with. And mm. uh, and, and a lot of times I actually put my foot down about that kind of stuff because I I really want to see, I want, I want us to have the courage to allow one person to carry a vision from start to finish and to own their, their success or their failure. And I think that's what the fear is, and that's why people like run to brainstorming because if we can hide behind this groupthink of a brainstorm session, at least we've hedged our bets. We've done something safe, and that's the thing that bugs me the most about it. Do, do you know the um, what was it? The Aztec, the Pontiac Aztec. Remember that? Ugh. The the Breaking Bad car. Yeah. There was there was like some guy wrote like a thesis or a book or something about how that happened. <laughs> it was it was, was that it what I just said. What's that? Was it yeah, what I it, just said? It basically, yeah. It was that whole yeah. like that committee that everybody's you know everybody's afraid to say no. Just that whole yes man thing, and, Let's and put it was a like tent oh. on it. Yeah, they're like, yeah, that's a great idea, and it's like it's like the uh, the improv one hundred and one. You know, yes, and and that's yeah. what happened to that car. Like, nobody right. nobody had the guts to stand up, and nobody they were all knew it sucked. Everybody knew it sucked, but it went all the way to production before anybody finally stepped up and said this sucks. And it was and it was the public that said it. Yeah. Like that's. You can't do that. <laughs> I think this is a really bad example of using the term brainstorming. I don't consider that brainstorming at all. I, I, that's jockeying for position. That's com- competition. Um, that's what brainstorming is in the corporate environment. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ma- maybe in the corporate environment. I, that's out of my element. I wouldn't know. But we brainstorm every week. Every week we sit there and we throw – you know, you, you toss ideas at each other about a topic to come up with and then what's it going to be. So I think 
You know what? I, I have to tell you though, that we're we're an anomaly. Like, and our a lot of our Patreon people will know because they hear this when we we come up with our topics weekly. And I think that this this particular dynamic of the three of us is an anomaly that, that we all three are, are comfortable enough with our egos to just be like, you know what? That's a good idea. Like, mm-hmm. they'll, Bill did six in a week, six of them in a row. That's great. I'm not feeling, you know. And that's that's not if you're in a place where there's like financial gain and promotions yeah, and 401ks, it changes. And well, more that's why I said, I think it might, maybe it's my interpretation of what brainstorming is. Brainstorming uh, is, is not trying to jockey for position. It's not trying to outdo somebody else in the same room. It's not trying to, you know, use my idea, not yours. It's um, last week's episode of making it. Uh, the boys did that for David because he was saying, Oh, I got this video. I'm trying It's last minute. I'm, I'm going to do a business card holder. And he's like, well, let's brainstorm it. Yeah. And they just all kind of, so we ended up making three different business card holders. That was his video. And it was because they all threw out a bunch of different ideas. Mm. Um, you know, th- that comes down to context, right? So it, brainstorming in the corporate world will always land up being some kind of a competition to sort of try to shine and, and prove whatever it is that you want to prove. I'm the most creative, that I add the most value, that this, that, and the other. When, when there's nothing really to gain out of it, like Jimmy's not going to make any more money. Bob's not going to make any more money. Right, right, right. not going to make any yeah. more money. So it's a total – That's a, a real brainstorm. It's two guys. Let, let, me, let me throw this though. Here's a little monkey wrench. Same exact scenario, even if it's us three or if it's those three, put us in the shop standing over a workbench trying to come up with a project to make and that's where you start getting the too many cooks. That's yes. not brainstorming. That turns into because yeah. my idea of how to cut this piece of wood is going to be different than yours, which is going to be different than Tim's. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even if you haven't done it, it's like, all right, how, what's the best way to cut this piece of wood? I really don't want to know that. I'm really trying to just include you because I really think that I know the best way to cut the piece right. of wood. And and I will tell you what I think because I want to show you that I'm Evaluable. as knowledgeable as you are yeah because i'm yeah. I, like my ego it's like i know bill knows that the hell out of this stuff and i want him to think that i know my stuff too and, and then there's Tim always be, just wants and, to use something green to cut it with and, well then they're always gonna be like the safety trolls like oh you should use a push stick there's gonna be all that too like looking out against this partly because you're looking out for your friend and it's just like we all have our own like you always say the safety is your own comfort level and so you do what you're right right, right. We're all gonna. There's gonna be things that I'm gonna do that you would cringe at. And there's gonna be things that you're gonna do that I'm gonna cringe at, and and then that that gets you know conversations going. And the next thing you know, the whole day's gone by, and that piece of wood still isn't cut. <laughs> when I, I think when you cr- creatively trying to actually accomplish a task, um, working side by side, that's too many cooks to me. Because mm-hmm. if you take a, a production environment, what you've really done is you've actually separated. You have a chef. A, yeah, you have a chef or you have somebody that says, okay, I need this widget. So you are in charge of making that part of the widget. You are in charge of making that part of the widget. So everybody gets to feel separate like they're in charge of their own little piece. Mm-hmm. But if you say, okay, the four of us are going to build this widget, that's where that too many chefs, I think, comes in. You know, it's it's delegating and feeling like you are in control is what makes it easy. And that's why as makers, I think why – I like being in my shop by myself. I don't like worrying about somebody else touching my tools, somebody else getting hurt, somebody else doing something I, the way I wouldn't do it. Mm. You know? Don't you just want to be the boss? Because that's really the only place where you are? That's the way I feel anyway. Kind of. I mean, I'm, I'm the boss at work, I, I, but I'm not. But I also have a lot. I, I report to a lot of other people. Just about everybody else in the, in the city of Hayward is my boss, <laughs> uh, you know? Um, but when it comes down to – this is how – um, 
micromanaging is another term I think for too many mm. cooks in the kitchen, right? Mm. If okay. I if if I come up to you and I say, "Okay, Phil, I need this thing done." And I turn around and walk away, that's good management. That's saying two things. One, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm just going to tell you I want it done. And two, I know that you're going to do it and get it done. I'm done. I'm done worrying about it. My job is done. I've said I need this thing. I turn around and walk away. And that's what they do to me at work. Bill, we need this thing to happen. Goodbye. And that's the way I want it. It's like, okay, I'll take care of it. You know, they just assume that it's going to happen. Or if something comes up that I will communicate with them. That's not too many cooks in the kitchen. That's delegating. It's, it's, it's okay. Even though there's... 20 different actions that are going to happen for me to accomplish this project. And I'm going to have to involve a lot of different people. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but not in that bad sense. Yeah. I think it literally has to be like two to three people working on the exact same thing, looking over each other's shoulders, thinking, Oh, a pinch of this, a pinch of that, uh, move over, you know, let me try this. I'm going to stir it to the left. I'm going to stir it to the right. I think that's where it starts to get a little nuts. And uh, and I agree with you. Obviously, good management is exactly what you outlined, and that's, I try to I try to do that as much as possible. I try to assume that the people know how to do what I've asked to be done. Um, but I've also been guilty of the opposite, where I'm like, okay, here's what I need. I need a presentation done with X, Y, and Z, and then I walk away, and then uh, and then like I come back a half day later. I was like, so is it done? I'm like, oh, I didn't know how to do this, and I wasn't sure if you wanted it done like this. And then I got to be like, listen, if you didn't know what I asked for, then you got to speak up. Like, you can't just sort of walk away and then waste half a day, you know, twiddling your thumbs. So there is a fine line between assuming that the person knows how to do something and I guess following up more, more I don't well, know. Well, that that's that's more of um, if that happens over and over again, it's a problem, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, I would have I would have canned that person. Yeah. Right. But what I'm saying is that's a growing, that's a learning experience. That's that's a skill set being gained. You know, that, that's acceptable. Um, but micromanaging, like I said, that is too many cooks in the kitchen is absolute worse. No matter if you do it or somebody's doing it to you. And if I, I found when I, when I micromanage, I'm a nervous wreck. I am so stressed out, you know, and micromanaging means that i really want to do this and I don't trust you at all to do it, but I'm going to let you do it anyway and just make your life hell because I'm so stressed out about it. Because I'm standing here next to you the whole time when I can just do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> you know, so, so let's tell me, uh, tell me an instance of when you felt like there was too many cooks in the kitchen in like a, a personal scenario of your own, hopefully within the maker sphere. Who, me or Bill? Yes. Me. Right. You first. Me. Okay. Well, because I, I had, I had one that I thought of while we we're talking about this. this is really the only one I have, but it, it fits in perfectly. Is that a few years back I did that TV show, and yeah. um, so it was, oh, that's a perfect example. Yeah. So yeah. So for those who don't know, I was on one of these quote <laughs> reality TV shows. I did three episodes of it, and I never got picked up. Uh, it was called Trashformers, and it was on the FYI network, and you can still find it on like Amazon and stuff. But you have to pay for it. You can't find it free anywhere, which kind of sucks. But um, so they they partnered me up with this guy from his name was Harry and he was from England and he was a super nice, super creative guy. Uh, and we have a lot in common. We're both junk pickers and we're both, you know, try to like push the envelope and stuff, but man, we just did not have the same ideas, you know? And, um, and so that was the whole thing. It was like, Oh, your partner is supposed to be creating product. You have a week, the whole typical TV stuff, you know? And, uh, so we would have the, you know, the, the very first projects we went on, we had, um, 
uh, you know, we did all the like, oh, what about this? Like, oh, okay, what about this? Like, oh, yeah, what about this? And we we throw out all these ideas, and and then uh, just nothing ever really, you know, like they didn't really click. And I and we we did really poorly on that one. We didn't really even accomplish anything. I felt like, and uh, and and we just thought in such different ways that um, nothing like was really gelling, you know. And so it kind of, and he just he was just a totally different like you know place than I was. So we ended up um. We ended up. That was the one of the three that we we lost, quote unquote, lost. And uh, and I just realized that like this guy and I, we're not going to work well together. I'm gonna. He can do his project. I'm gonna do my project. And when the cameras are around, I'll go help him do his project. You know. Right. And so and that was what we ended up doing. And so uh, and then it worked out pretty well. But um, like he just had no interest in what I was doing. I took a little bit of interest in what he was doing because I wanted to help and I wanted to look good for TV. But he just like just didn't even listen to my ideas. You know, just sort of hmm. just. It was uh, it was interesting, you know. Um, what would you? And, and what I realized you, I was like, oh, that's why I work alone, you know. What would you? Do you have something you can offer as a solution to that scenario? No. Um, I, interesting. I, <laughs> <laughs> I well, don't. Okay, then. I, I I mean, I can offer what we did is that you know we we, you we faked a, it. That's what you did. Well, no, we threw out a couple ideas, and and we definitely we basically the way it ended up by the third one, we kind of had our system is like you know you got this stupid idea you want to pursue, I have the stupid idea I want to pursue, and here's an idea we're both into, and so that was kind of how it ended up is we had like the one project that we worked on together, and then we each had our side project, you know, and if the show were to have continued, that's probably what would have happened, and we right. we found that that seemed to work better, you know, and, you know, and that's honestly the only thing I could think of that would make it work. You have to both. Mm-hmm. You have to both decide on something to make, and then you have to delegate it. It's like, hey, you do this part, I'll do that part, almost as if you were in separate shops on a different continent. Exactly. So you can make that really cool chisel. And that's that's what we ended up – like we made this big bed out of the tail of an airplane, and uh, and it was like – and he was really into polishing aluminum and getting that mirror shine. And I I want nothing to do ever (laughs) (laughs) with that, especially on something the size of the tail of an airplane. But so, but then, you know, there had to be some wood trim and stuff and some interior lighting. And so I did that, you know, and I made the wood platform for the bed, for the mattress. And in that way we were able to kind of found, and like I said, if we were to, we, we were sort of started finding our, our rhythm after a few weeks. But at first it was like the very first week we worked on this chest set. It was all made out of nuts and bolts out of a, um, and, and we were both really into the idea of it because we both, you know, me, I love making chess sets and he was into it. And this is the thing we really had in common. But, man, we would spend hours, like, debating, like, the bishop. Like, you know, and they had this guy, with this, <laughs> you know, we we had this guy running a metal lathe and we'd be like, oh, maybe this should just go in, like, another millimeter here. And, and it was just because it was that whole thing, like you were describing, Phil, of that, that brainstorming everybody wanted. We, we were both trying to sort of. You know, right, exactly. prove to no, the other I'm guy that we had no, ideas and viable, and, and it was just so. And you know, then and like the the judges ended up being like, "Oh yeah, that's nice." All right, you know, not even caring, you know. And it was, so the best way to work with someone is to work apart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about that's, you, Bill? Uh, you know, I don't know about makering because most of my makering is done on my own. Because it, 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 I'm of that. I, I don't want people. I don't want the help. I don't want your ideas. I don't want your input. Um. It's a maintenance ring. You know. <laughs> but I, um, I want you. I want you. I want. I want to ask you a question when you're done. Go. Oh, I was going to say, but in um, just in general, some ideas of too many cooks in the kitchen of um, in the construction world where I've mm. gone on a job. I uh, put this fence. Put it here. Use these. Use these products. Okay, and then have an inspector come out and say, "Oh, that's not going to work." 
No, it is. See, look, it's there. It exists. I built this. It did work. Oh, but the book says it's not going to. That's very frustrating because the inspector, if he wants to, can basically kill the job. You got to do everything over. Yeah. You know, so it's that's too many cooks in the kitchen to me. It's like, look, you said you want this thing done. It is done. What tests do you need to do to say that it works? But don't just tell me it's not going to work when it's right in front of you. It worked. It's here. It exists. Yeah, it exists. This thing that you say, oh, that's never going to work. It's right there. It, it does work. Yeah. You know? Look up. Yeah. Look up yeah. from your notebook. Yeah. That's yeah. In there. yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. And usually it's the younger guys that are just out of school. And, right. and all they've got to go by is this book. That's their... That's their ego. That's their knowledge base. That's all their skills exist in that book that they're holding in their hand. And until they get some time under the belt, just like with anything, until they build that skill set, you're not going to be open to – because there's always some way to do something. Always. That's Mm -hmm. why people have conflict. It's like, again, cut that piece of wood. I would cut it like this. You would cut it like that. Tim would cut it like that. It's because there's three ways that you can do it, if not a million more. Right. Yeah. Um, I can think of one one example. You had your your wife was interested in uh, making pens, and she got into the lathe a couple of years ago with you. So that was uh, how was that experience? Because you were sharing your shop with someone very close to you, which can be difficult. Well, you know what? Yeah. That that I don't consider the same because and before that she wanted to make um she made this thing for her nightstand. She I had her use she welded plasma cutted. She used every tool in the shop basically to okay, make this okay. thing. Yeah, it was awesome. But there's a difference between too many cooks in the kitchen and teaching. Yeah, and in that case, I was, was an acknowledged order of who is the correct mentor the, and the who control. Is the okay, you know, yeah. I I could decide. It's like okay, should I try this? And I'd be like, I don't know. Go ahead and try that. Oh, that didn't turn out like I wanted. Okay, well now try. And that's how I teach. Usually, it's like let you try your own way. One one of the biggest reasons why I do that, you try something, especially if I haven't really thought of that or tried it, because if it works, it might be a better idea than I have. Yeah. yeah. But if it <laughs> but if it doesn't work, I'm not just shutting you down telling you why not. You actually physically saw, okay, yeah, it's not a good idea to pour milk on the table saw. It doesn't lube anything. Yeah. You know? Well, that's, that's the sign. That's a weird example. But yeah. I know. I, I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> that, that's the first thing that you came up with. Yeah. <laughs> And, I, and me, I'm the weirdo for the pewter guy. give you an example guy. of where, where I was the jerk. So, um, I guess about two years ago. So, we have, like, we well, not anymore, but we did have a whole workshop, like a whole wood shop in the back of the office where, um, I don't know why we had it built, but we did. And we were doing something like set building for trade shows. So, we have our creative director and she would come up with something and then I was the marketing director. I'm not doing marketing anymore. I'm doing sales now, but. Was doing the marketing, and then, and because I have this makering skills, uh, I'd be able to say no, that's possible, that's not possible, because she'd come up with some like wild ideas, and I'd have to sort of like boil it down. And then we also had a guy who basically was our art technician, but he had some um, carpentry skills, so it was possible to just be like, okay, Josh, this is how what we're gonna do, just get her done. So we were building sort of like this V-shaped box, like figure man height and about six feet wide. And we were filling it with um, with one-way mirrors, except for the front mirror. So basically it would be like an infinity display. So we put all these like hanging fixtures and table lamps inside of it. And you turn on and you turn on the lights and then it would just bounce around forever. So it was a really cool idea for like a, for a showroom display. Anyways, so... I was a jerk because I was kind of micromanaging this guy because I saw the way he was doing stuff and I was like, ah, 
first of all, you're not pre-drilling your, your plywood, and that's why it's splitting every six inches. So start start drilling pilot holes. And, and then eventually got to the point where I just literally was just like standing above this guy. I, was, I literally was, you know what? Just move over. Let me just do it. We're on a ridiculous like time frame, and I, I, I can't. I, I can't turn this into a learning situation. I just have to do it. I'm sorry. And he had like broken some of the glass and it was super expensive and expensive to go. So, so I had to, I did, I, I didn't trust him and I micromanaged him. And then I ultimately just took over because he just wasn't doing a good job. That's, that's was, tough to do. That's, that's, and I felt bad doing it at the time, but I just didn't have a choice because we had to get it done and he kept messing it up. Well, there, there, I mean, there is a time when you have to step in to, to accomplish something, right? Time crunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the opportunity would have been there afterwards if 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 for what not maybe in that situation but let's say it was a class or it was something like that the opportunity afterwards to go back and say okay hey man I'm sorry about that but this is why x y and z happened I have a bad habit of somebody saying hey what do you think about this and I'll go nope doesn't yeah. not gonna work and and yeah. to me it's like I know this so I know why it won't work you need to just trust me. You know, and it's like, that's not fair. And Casey, and I do that to Casey all the time. She'll come up to, and she'll be like, but why? And she always wants to know why. And <laughs> I need to actually, so I, yeah, you got, you got to tell people. You can't just, there are, there is a time and a place when you need to step in and say, nope, that's not going to work. Move. I need to get this done. But there are also, it's like, what about this? Is that going to work? And you say, well, let me, let me tell you why I don't think it will. That's a so much better approach, yeah, yeah. you know? This is this is you know in my experience that's not going to work and this is why let's try this you know in this in this case with Josh I actually as I was doing it I was explaining because I really did want him to learn because I really didn't want to have to do this during work hours I really wasn't getting paid to build sets like that was right outside of my my mandate but we we really did need to do it and so I, I did it and I was like okay so here if you're gonna got to drill pilot holes if you're gonna screw two pieces of three quarter inch uh, three quarter inch plywood together. Otherwise, it's just gonna it's gonna be a big mess, and we're, especially since we're drilling it at the ends, uh, and you know, I'd be like, okay, we're gonna do a groove here, and you know, you gotta you gotta drill slowly into plexiglass. You can't just rip it into full speed. Oh my god, it'll yeah. crack. And so, so like, slowly. I, I was walking him through it as I was doing because I really did want him to be able to do the other three that we had to do because we were doing like four of them. Right. So I was walking him through, but at one point, I just really was okay. You know what? Get out of the way. Let me just do this. It's 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 tough. Sometimes there's it's not too many cooks. It's like, look, I'm the cook. Move. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Chef, sous chef, and mm. you know, sous sous chef. Yeah. I can you know I can relate to that from the actual like chef literal chef. side of the the analogy too of actually being a a chef and you know and there was it was tough to there were people that you really thought could get it that just can't. <laughs> you know, yeah. I had so much faith, and, and then there was like, you know, I had like, uh, I had like, like the assistant chef guy I had working for me was was great, and he was like, like just you know, he would get it done, and he didn't have to worry. And then he got transferred to another place, and then it was just like, <laughs> oh no, now I have to be here every minute of this place is being open. You know, that's yeah, the worst. And, uh, yeah, it was it was just not a great gene pool to be uh, hiring you from know, either. Do you know where sort of too many cooks in the kitchen doesn't really become a problem when there's an established hierarchy, like in a kitchen where you've got your chef, your sous chef, production your assistants. Yeah. You yeah. Know, exactly. Production. Again, because right? there's so one like, chef. It's yeah. a problem amongst friends and amongst, I don't know, people who are all of the same rank ultimately, because you're all sort of, it's inconsequential, right? Like, mm. I'm not going to fire you. You're not going to fire me. I have nothing to prove to you except for the power of my ideas and, mm. you know, like the sort of ego. Oh, the power of my knowledge. Yeah, it's ego. Yeah, it's all ego. Yeah, it's ego. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
Like Bill, that's I, I know stuff too. Right. Tim. Yeah. Collab is, that's why I say collab is not a, an example to use for, for too many chefs because yeah. again, you're, 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 you're each creating your own project. They just happen to fit together literally right. in some cases where they, yeah. you know, you make two parts that fit together. Yeah. Yeah, very good. I think we, we I mean, I mean, no, you can never have too many cooks. <laughs> All right, we'll just end it there. <laughs> or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, wish, I think I wish there's I too, nice too many cooks that think they're funny right now. <laughs> they are funny. Uh, um, I, I do wish that I could play nice with others, though. I would, it would be nice to. I think it depends on the others. Yeah, as soon as it comes down to personalities, you know, and and people's willingness, and I think you were right earlier. You know, our personalities do work well together, and I think that's, I mean, that's a huge part of the success of this podcast, whatever you want to call success. But right, you know, we've been doing this for, you know, over two years, four hundred years almost, now, you know, yeah. thirty something episodes. Yeah. So I think there is a certain level of uh, of success in this that I'm certainly proud of. It. I know you guys are also yeah, absolutely. On well, my part, I like my part. But, you know, <laughs> there's definitely something about making, though, the, the maker community, this onslaught, this new movement that's not really new. That's just a re, in, you know, a resurgence of what we used to do that we're doing again, where it is people in their shops by themselves mm. creating and making those things that they need. But, you know, it's always was, been that way. And that was the point that I wanted to bring up to uh, of like what. Because we are the, like these sort of solitary creatures in a lot of ways. That's what's so exciting about the social media aspect of it is that like we can watch these videos and and learn so much from all these other people without having to be in the same shop with them and getting frustrated with them. You, yeah, you know, right. I can watch your sped That's up for version. YouTube comments. Yeah, you know, I can watch your sped up version of how you do something and be like, oh, I would never do it that way. You know, um, or I can go, wow, that's a great idea. I'm going to do it that way from now on. You know what I what I see most often is when I when I'm watching somebody else do something. I'm not looking at what I wouldn't do. I'm looking at something that I wouldn't, I didn't think of. Right. Yeah, yeah me too. You know, That's what I'm looking be, for. because I mean, you do, it comes with it, just be around for a while and you'll realize that there's everything you know how to do. Somebody else knows how to do it probably differently and, and probably better. You know, so that's not the issue. When I'm watching a video, it's like, oh, that's an awesome idea. That's either easy or that's makes more mm -hmm. sense or it's more effective or mm -hmm. that just looks more fun. I want to try it that way. Yep. That's no, a I've, positive I've, spin to it. I think I hmm. think I've just figured out the internet troll. The internet troll is a function of too many cooks. If you think about it, this yeah. is the guy in your shop telling you how to do something better than you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have yeah. I would have put my finger on the thing. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm still I'm I'm still convinced that ninety nine percent of the internet trolls are going through puberty. I, I just believe I that. I do. Not in the maker community. Age. No, they're, they're all, I, I think so. That I've been well, doing it this way for 15 know what a pocket years. hole is. Right. I, I, I'm telling you, the people that I've read through other videos in the comments that I've seen are just, if you, if you just step back and look at it, it is a 14-year-old going through puberty trying to sound like he knows something. He doesn't have a channel. Every now and again, you'll get somebody that says a comment like, you know what, that's stupid or that's not safe or blah, blah, blah. And you click on their little icon and they actually do have a channel and they make stuff, right? So it's like, okay, 
Good. Good for you. You have an opinion. You differ than that other person's opinion. But most of them don't. There's no channel. There's nothing. And 90% doesn't mean they don't know what they're doing. But look... But look at the videos that they are watching. It happens to be Jimmy Duresta's video and uh, oh, a bunch of games. King of Clans, a bunch of yeah, video games. <laughs> yeah. I'm King telling you, most most of the trolls are going through puberty, and once that voice changes all the way, and they actually pick up a hammer, then then they or don't a, become a troll anymore. Or a girlfriend, and they get off the internet. <laughs> or a boyfriend, because I'm telling you. Yeah. It's it's age. It's not gender specific. It's it's age. When you're young, you know everything. Talk about too many cooks in the kitchen. Go to a go to a high school. I I can remember this the few the little bit of time I did spend in high school. Back they had shop classes, right? Talk about I think the teachers were sadistic cuz they would like, "Okay, you five guys, make this thing." And walk away. And it's like, it's exactly, exactly what we're talking about. You want to talk in 99% of why it didn't work is because the testosterone level or the estrogen level, it's the youth. It's the inexperience, the no skills, the no communication, nothing. Damn kids, get off my lawn. Now. (laughs) Yikes. All right. So long story short, if you want to collaborate or work well with other people, uh, don't. Uh, no, just contact Phil Pinsky at uh, Tim Squay's uh, Esquire. Dot <laughs> See, what, that's why I'm not worried about you referring people to my email address. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Legal.com? What? Council at Bill Lutz. <laughs> that's what it was. Was it WilliamLutz.com? Right. Uh, J- Justin, can you get on that for us, please? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bill, needs, Bill needs his own lawyer. That's right. Yeah. This is cheaper. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, our channels, right? Well, we have to do. Oh, we yeah, have right. two we'll two segments. Attention. Right, right. Two what grabbed your attention? No, no. Before that, oh, what are we doing? We got to well, review we... the review. Oh, review the review. Okay, all right. I'll do one this week. I went um, here. I I actually picked two of them from. Okay, so this is our new segment we're doing where we're reading an, an iTunes review, and then we're gonna make fun of it, maybe, or we'll just say, "Oh, thank you." I don't know. But I picked two of them. and I already forgot what they are. And I just screenshotted them, so I'm going to click on one, and whichever one I click is going to be the one I'm going to read because I don't. I like remember. it. I like it. One, I think. I think one was. I don't. I don't even remember. I just. I picked two. So here, I'm clicking on this one. I'm a little nervous right now. I'm very excited. I'm titillated. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not going to talk about. Oh, that. this is. Uh, this is a. Okay, this is a recent one. I picked one that was a couple years old and one that was recent. This one was from March, and it was. Um, uh, Cerp thirty three twenty. C-E-A-R-P 3323 uh, and the title is Five Stars for Bill with Five Stars so I already don't like it I don't think uh, we need to read this <laughs> And uh, okay we'll stop there okay so he, uh, he or she wrote I have listened to the entire catalog but without a doubt the greatest moment in the podcast began at 13 minute 11 second on episode 123 <laughs> then he wrote I kid mostly this is a solid this is my favorite line this is why I clicked it this is a solid f- top 50 woodworking podcast <laughs> because <laughs> there's only about 30 of them so i thought that was great <laughs> that was great like 10 <laughs> yeah these <laughs> these professionals discuss their love of wood and reclaimed one of them used to play music <laughs> i think it was you bill um the other is human, <laughs> the other is a human loving hippie i guess that one's me <laughs> and the other is canadian <laughs> pretty solid combo eh Keep up the good work, fellas. Thanks uh, for being audio for my ears. So that was a very, very nice. Uh, so thank you very much, CRP3323, for that. Um, this th- this is um, one of the reasons I love this so much. Check it out. From last week's review, it was, it was from two years ago. 
Mm. And we were all, yeah, this guy probably doesn't even listen anymore. He actually messaged me. Did, yeah, he, he messaged all of us, right? He tagged us all. And I think it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, thanks, man. I actually still do listen to you. Thank you for pointing it. It's like, oh, it's like, that, I I, that makes it all worthwhile. I don't even up with you two for this, this long is, I mean, um, <laughs> you know, the, the hard work that we do and uh, stuff. Okay. So that's our new segment. So if you want to be featured in that segment, it's pretty simple. All you have to do is write a review on iTunes and we may or may not read it. Yeah. Depending on whether you are or are not a Patreon subscriber. No, right. no, no, actually, no. no, no. If you, if you, uh, $75, you can be on the show, do a live <laughs> review yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. no, we don't know if these people are Patreon uh, people or not. When we no, 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 of course yeah. not. I'm just yeah. kidding. Uh, I'm just making sure they know it because you know, you know can- Canadian. So yeah, why is being Canadian like? like uh, oh, Bill is this, and Tim is this, and Phil's Canadian. Yeah, that's like, that's, it's a thing, like man. Kid, that's you, no, it's not a cop out. You should be proud. You should be proud that you're part of uh, an, a a uh-huh. a country. Uh-huh. That has Why'd you stutter when you said that? Snow and you have snow too. And that Canadian tire that's like a harbor freight. And <laughs> why is that, by the way? His seventh grade book report of what I know about Canada by William Price. <laughs> <laughs> you got snow. And their harbor freight's uh, called Canadian Tire, eh? <laughs> they got a store called Canadian Canadian Tire must be over a hundred years old. So harbor really freight tires is- aren't even a hundred years old. Yes, they are. <laughs> They were like the first tire store. Were they wooden? <laughs> no, no. The first tire store, they'd have been stone. Nope. That would just be a wheel. So, uh, let's... wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Let's. All right. Next week, we're talking about that. What? Why would you need a tire on a stone wheel? What is a tire? Cushion. It's, it's, it's the rubber air filled. Well, it could be, I guess it could be. Um, it could be hard. It could be a hard rubber. Uh, the original tires were hard rubber. The original tires were actually mm-hmm. just they were, solid rubber. They, they were leather. Actually, over. Oh, a, you're right. A wooden they, wheel. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were leather. Yeah. Tell me. You still wouldn't put them over a stone. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I think would've. cavemen were vulcanizing rubber. Yeah, vulcanizing <laughs> rubber is only. This is why the three of us could never build a wheel together. Damn straight. We could, but I would put you on the vulcanizing rubber part. (laughs) Without a mask. That's right. Is that some kind of a Star Trek jab? Nope. (laughs) Nope. That's not a thing. Um, Okay. So what what grabbed your attention? What grabbed your attention? Uh, Let's start with with Tim. uh, You don't don't want to start with the Vulcan? All right. Okay. I'll go first. Um, No, but I would like for him to live long and prosper. Me too. Oh, um, I love you both. I take it back. <laughs> uh, I I had a I I had the thought was in my head and I wrote it down and then I don't really remember exactly what it was about the thought, but this is something that I've been thinking about a little bit lately is um the power of inaction. <laughs> yeah, I just I like that that sort of concept of like of not doing things like because you think about it like you know we're always like we're we're makers and we're making things and we're taking things and 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 change them and other things and uh and then I, i've just been thinking a little bit about like the power of inaction of like not mowing the lawn and, and not and how like things sort of take the you know the nature will sort of work itself out and this and that and i was just kind of applying that to to sort of making like um because and i've said this before how i feel like some of my my earliest uh builds 
were some of my most interesting, and they were the ones that I probably had the least effect on because I didn't have the tools or the knowledge to go like ripping and cutting and cross cutting and and all this stuff. And so it was like, but because I was leaving the more of the natural, like the reclaimed stuff shape. So I was, I've been thinking about the like inaction in in my work and how I can do less to get more. And that's my thought for the huh. week. I think that's so, genius. I am so down. When you figure this out, I want to know. Yeah. How can I do less? <laughs> and get more. Get more. <laughs> <laughs> and next so, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> this is a, an amazing segue into what caught my attention. Oh, really? Um, it really is. Uh, what caught my Perpetual attention. Perpetual motion is, and why it's real. <laughs> <laughs> what caught my attention is that uh, last week I knew I was going to forget to say hi to some people during Maker Faire, and I, and I didn't. So I have, a, I have a quick list. And Joy Parker, I love you. I know she listens to the show. Sean Farbolin, Maker on the Move. He was there. He's been there, I think, every year I have. Um, Winston Moy, who you guys might know because he's like a CNC amazing guy. If you're not um, uh, at Winston Makes, I guess is his Instagram. But check out Winston Moy's YouTube. But here's the part where the segue, this total – in action, not doing things. One person that I forgot to say hello to is somebody who showed up wearing our shirt, somebody who has been a supporter of ours forever, Mr. Stan Pierce. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Mr. Stan Pierce is now officially retired. So he is going to learn how to do less and have more of amazingness in his life. And we wish him the very best on his Next chapter, he's going to be getting a heck out of Dodge or California or Nevada up by Steve Ramsey, and he's going to Oregon. And Stan, we love you so much. And um, I was invited to his surprise party, but it was yesterday. We couldn't go, but I sent him a message, and he, he responded Hopefully back. Hopefully after the surprise. Yes, I timed it that way on purpose. <laughs> Because I just thought how much of a jerk I would be if I said, hey, congratulations on your surprise party. Yeah. And then I read the (laughs) – but anyway, uh, so talk about inaction. Um, Stan, enjoy the inaction. Uh, You deserved it. You're an amazing man. You're a good guy, and we love you. And that's that's what caught my attention this week is Tim teaching me how not to do stuff, and it made me love Stan Pierce more. Great. Good story, yeah. Um, I was at a trade show all weekend and a lot of last week, so nothing grabbed my attention. Moving on. Um, <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Phil, P- Phil Pinsky. Check out ironandsoul.com, williamlutz.com. Thank you to Justin Sparks, timsway.net. Thank you to Jason Payne, newperspectivesmusic.com. Uh, person to thank TBD. Contact us for a show topic, suggestions feedback, all that good stuff. We love getting it from you. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Don't forget to send us those questions for next week's Q&A. Uh, on, at Twitter, uh, it would be, well, on Twitter, it would be at Reclaimed Audio. On iTunes, leave us them reviews uh, so that you get an opportunity to have them read out loud and criticized. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the absolute best way to keep these boys on for, I guess, another couple of years. I just wanted to add, and don't forget that next week's episode is a Q&A, so please send your questions to the aforementioned addresses, and we will answer them in next week's episode. You know Phil just said that, right? No, I wasn't listening. Okay. This is why the app Maybe Guys, they love us. I told totally you they didn't give us money. thinking about saying it. <laughs> 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 and then the other half of my brain was thinking about donuts, so... 
<laughs> That's what this is about, guys. This is about support, listening, cooks. Kind of you know what this is about? It's about support and listening. <laughs> yeah. And good vibes. Yeah. And the power of inaction, frankly. Mm. I probably should have not acted just then. <laughs> that's all right. I've definitely made this mistake before, so that's fine. That's all I got. Oh. Oh. Got. Bye, everybody. All right. Bye. All right. Uh, be great. <laughs>